You're speaking too loudly. Okay, sorry, sorry. Real live fucking bear. Am I making this up? No! Well, I'm standing in Red Square. Red translating as Krasnaya. I'm not sure how my pronunciation stacks up there. But Krasnaya Square is Red Square. Actually, when it was named Red Square, uh, it was actually not named Red Square. It was named Krasnaya, meaning beautiful in Old Russian. And it only later came to mean red. So that's the sort of... Uh, Google-inspired factoid you can get here on the Tony and Francis road trip around the World Cup. Other factoids you might want to know, the Kremlin here in Moscow was built in 1156, and you can remember that because it's exactly 800 years to the day before the famous blood-in-the-water water polo game at the 1956 Olympics, so it's an easy date to remember. Then, don't forget St Basil, who now has the major cathedral here named after him. He was a a, a lowly prophet who foretold the fire of 1541, thus uh, grabbing the name of the cathedral here, uh, just uh, adjacent to Red Square, St Basil's. Um, and what else can I share with you? Well, uh, it was built, it was became its ornate self, uh, the Kremlin, upgraded significantly by the great renovator who was Ivan III. Um, and he was not Ivan the Terrible because he was sick. Ivan the Terrible was Ivan IV. Um, and he was quite fond of a public execution here in Red Square. Um, and in fact, there have been many public executions over the years. Um, looking out now, we can't actually walk on Red Square today because there was a concert here last night and they're dismantling uh, all the, all the um, scaffolding and so forth. And so we're standing behind barriers here pretty much looking out over the famous meeting place and, and imagining, I'm actually imagining what it would have been like in World War II when uh, lines of troops and tanks uh, just filed out of here straight to the front that was only 50k away uh, in 1941, I think it was, uh, 7th of December 1941. Well done, Google again. Um, And basically uh, the rest of the afternoon has in store. I was going to go over to uh, Lenin's tomb, uh, Mausoleum of Lenin, where he was interred in 1930. Uh, He actually died in 1924. So you've got to ask yourself, what did they do with his body for six years before it went into its mausoleum? Um, I'm going to find that out. That's my goal for the next half hour. Um, So you can't get over to Lenin's tomb. Um, I wouldn't have minded having a look. Uh, Things kind of went south for the communists in the Stalin era, but it took a fair degree of get up and go and leadership to accomplish the Bolshevik revolution. And so he was a get shit done kind of guy, which I guess, you know, sort of a Bert Van Marwick type, you'd think, uh, Lenin, maybe with a little bit more um, fire in the belly than Bert who's a softly spoken Dutchman, but um, it, it's, it's certainly a comparison that's uh, coming to mind today. Um, anyway, that's my ramblings from here at the, at the barrier uh, that's keeping me away from Red Square. Uh, I think it was at Kavaskaya. I've already forgotten the word from the, from the start of this monologue. So long has it been. 
but uh, it's been a lovely, the, the weather's beautiful, the anticipation is huge. Uh, in the gum department store, there were songs being sung and souvenirs being sold. It's going to be an incredible night tonight, and uh, we're all, or most of us, I think, are hoping for a Russian victory because uh, one of the golden rules of World Cup travel, you want the hosts to win. So we're 18-4s underground and we're in an old Soviet nuclear bunker, Bunker 42 underneath Moscow, deep beneath the ground and there was the mock attack siren and the sounds of nuclear annihilation starting in what is now ostensibly a reception centre and disco. Go figure. <laughs> so Bunker 42 was used from 1956 to 1986 as a nuclear strike back capability centre. It wasn't designed as an air raid shelter. As you can hear the metro rumbling above our heads, it was designed to be able to fire missiles back at the United States and other enemies in the event of a nuclear attack. And it's quite weird and spooky to be down here knowing that for 40 so years, this place was at the heartbeat of the Cold War and nuclear annihilation. We're walking down some stairs now into the control center, which looks incredible. Oh, mind the step, by the way, yeah. Well, Tony, I've had lunch in some unusual places over the years, but I don't think I've ever walked down 18 flights of stairs to a Soviet Cold War era nuclear bunker and sat down to a plate of fish and potatoes. But that's what we've been doing today on the Green and Gold Army Tour. We're in this rather strange, it's officially an old Soviet bunker, a nuclear bunker, but it's been turned to this sort of kitsch disco upstairs. And like it's like some sort of underground nightclub Soviet era restaurant. And Diana, you've got your pass. <laughs> Diana's with me. She's on the Green and Gold Army tour, and you are officially a spy, apparently. I am. I'm apparently officially 007. <laughs> <laughs> How was the underground dinner, Mike? It was excellent. It's strange. I can't say I've been down here before. <laughs> Pretty good, though. <laughs> it's a, how have you found the tour being in Moscow so far? Moscow's great. Moscow is an absolutely beautiful city and it is fascinating. Um, it, the vibe with um, the World Cup moving in is just absolutely brilliant. Um, so it's just party central, really. Now, we had to walk down 18 flights of stairs to get down here. You wouldn't want to think, oh, oh I've left the milk upstairs or I need to go up for a, to go to the shops at all. Nah, you wouldn't. That's, that's for sure. You wouldn't. Uh... I think I did leave something up there. <laughs> I think I left my passport up there. <laughs> no, that was almost on the plane. That was on the plane on the way over. And what, what are you looking forward to most about uh, about game day coming up? Oh, just getting involved with the crowd and getting screaming the Aussie songs at the stadium and having a ball. Do we have a song yet? We had a couple last night. <laughs> Whether we remember them, that's another story. We need to practice them at some point. We should. We should. should we practice them here under here? Oh, let's do it. Go on. <laughs> Go on. All right. I'll start. I'll start. Na, 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 na,
Socceroos. Na 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 Socceroos. There you go. We've officially taken over the Soviet nuclear bunker. There we go. Well, we've just started the long climb back up the stairs, 18 floors beneath Moscow in Bunker 42, which was kind of Eastern Bloc Euro kitsch, kind of Dr. Strangelove with the old first generation (laughs) nuclear technology that was used as a strike capacity. And um, horrifying and chilling when you go to one of the rooms where they have a mock simulation of a nuclear launch. Quite strange, but right now everyone's getting a serious workout before they go to their Green and Gold Army opening day party. We better keep climbing. World Cup Road Trip is supported by supersimplecards.com. Uh, get a 6, 10 or 12 pack of greeting cards. You know that panicky moment when you've got the present and you don't want to spend 11 bucks on some high concept card. Well, this is the answer for you. Um, use the offer code World Cup and get super simple cards. I'm uh, here at Gorky Park uh, near the centre of Moscow. And I'm whispering because this is, of course, as I learnt in the William Hurt movie of the same name, this is the centre of people sitting around in hats and smoking and being like KGB agents. And it's important to whisper. Um, I've got some Australian fans here and they have their World Cup secrets to pass on. So what's your name? My name's Mel. Okay, Mel. My prediction, Cahill is going to win us the cup. So Mel has predicted that Kale, a very dangerous secret to pass on, he thinks that Kale will win us the, the, the World Cup. Um, what's, what's your name, sir? My name's Theo. Theo. What's your um, Gorky Park secret prediction? Tim Cahill to defy all odds and score a 90th minute winner against France. It's a great secret. I'm loving the way they're coming in here. And um, yeah, thank you for handing me some microfiche as well. I don't even know how I'm going to be able to play that. And what's your name, sir? Uh, Stephen. Stephen, have you got a, a Gorky Park secret World Cup prediction for me? McLaren to get a hat-trick against France. Do you know what that's paying at the moment? <laughs> it's paying a lot of money, but I'm sure that someone will get on it and probably win. Is he going to get a run against France? He should. He's, he looks the most happiest person in the team photo. So I reckon that deserves a run. You're speaking too loudly. Okay, I'm sorry. 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 Okay, thank you. That's it. So they're our first lot of KGB Socceroo Gorky Park agents. I'll look around for some more. So I've just been to the Museum of the Great Patriotic War, which on any visit to Moscow is a must, because if you want to understand Russia and Russians, you have to understand the importance of the Great Patriotic War and the loss of 26 million lives. It's an extraordinary place. I mean, the, the, the Hall of... Sorrow memory, the monument to the dead, and the way that it's done, uh, it makes you cry. Um, it's so moving, and you get a, a real sense of the gravity of uh, just how deeply felt the war and loss is. And I'm with Colin and Hilda, two of the Green and Gold Army travellers, with me on the tour. It's a bit windy. We're looking over our shoulder to that magnificent monument of of the the obelisk, the Victory Obelisk. Try and describe it to people what it is. Well, it's 
imagine the Egyptian obelisks and then multiply them by about a hundred and it's dark and it's brooding and it's foreboding and it's got St George slaying the dragon at the bottom and it's got heralds, angels heralding above and it sits in front of the war of the, the Great Project War uh, Museum and it's such an imposing amazing structure looking over a great um, square Hilda, how have you found being uh, in the museum and what it sort of taught you about the Russian psyche and what Russia, how Russians see themselves? found it incredibly um, moving and you really got a sense of the what they actually had to go through, the tragedy that they had to go through, the strength and the resilience of the peoples. And I think that was one of the most amazing things. And it's something that, you know, we don't have that history in Australia and you can really feel how it defines them as a nation. And, Cole, we got really lucky because we lucked into a very uh, unique experience in there which involved a presentation from the Armenian Prime Minister to the Russian uh, uh, memorial uh, as a way of commemorating uh, their war experience as well so that was pretty wild it was it was amazing we have dignitaries everywhere we had uh, important ministers of state and then we had of course the green and gold army uh, who were in, invading this scene so we were we were moving aside the red army and we were taking over as the green and gold army and in fact we almost knocked one of the soldiers out of the way so we could get to see the ceremonial sword which was a pretty amazing experience very very surreal so what you're saying is that we almost caused a major diplomatic incident is that what you're saying i think so we we certainly had some green and gold army bags bumping into some some former red army soldiers but we managed not to knock over the painting, which I think uh, Francis was very concerned about. I was sweating bullets at that stage. I saw everyone walking behind this painting and it was so weird because the guard stood stock still and we're climbing behind the guard in front of the TV cameras and the generals, Hilda, in their incredible Baroque suits with medals draping off and we sort of marched through them like they, hey, g'day, how you going? We're just here to see the sword. I have to say I was really disappointed that I didn't see a Kardashian Francis. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next time you come. What else has been the highlight so far, Hilda, on the on the tour? Oh, you haven't even seen a game yet, but there's been plenty of stuff going on. Well, my family back home are wondering when I'm actually going to see a game because all we seem to be is posting pictures on Facebook <laughs> of the most amazing, beautiful places there are in Moscow. I've actually blown away about how beautiful and friendly actually the city is and lots of, lots of great bars as well. Colin, just before I let you race off and get on the bus because we're falling behind enjoying this chat, what's been the big revelation for you being here so far? I think you have this view growing up as a child as the Soviet Union and Moscow being this very dour, kind of Stalinist place. And when you actually get here, it's it's amazing. The centre of Moscow is as good as any European city. It's up there with Rome, it's up there with Paris, it's up there with London. In fact, I think it's probably better than them. So that's a pretty special place. But then you get out into the suburbs and you see the, the contrast with the, the Soviet era kind of, uh, you know, apartment block. So that's pretty special. And sitting... Um, having drinks over the, you know, what the fireworks over the Kremlin on Independence Day was a pretty special occasion. I don't think it can get better than that. Well, it might get better than that because we haven't even seen a game of football yet, but, <laughs> hey, it's a great way to start. Hey, we better run and catch the bus. Thanks for having a chat. Thanks, Francis. I've been on the Discover Moscow tour, and we've seen the major sites around the centre of Moscow, but in between times we're on the bus, and there have been some bus shenanigans we're on bus five here, and Martin has said that he, you're not happy with the Australia. Just too. Um, that's just terrible. Simon Hill's got no idea. <laughs> yeah. So you, you you want fresher, something new? Something got... new. So we're going to go with 
working class man, Jimmy Barnes, there's nothing better. Yeah. Um, the essence of Scottish, Laurie McKinnon on the tour, so it's perfect. So we're going to do the last bar of working class man. So you're going to count in the bus? Yeah. All right. Ready? Go. The bus ready? Yeah. One, two, three. Oh, we're the Socceroos! Boom! Hey! Yeah. 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 Okay, we're actually, it's like the Beatles doing the uh, Abbey Road sessions here as we try to work out this track. All right, let's do it again. Well, I've got a whole verse, but we'll do that later. We're going to build up to it, all right? I got the whole verse ready. Okay, okay Martin, take ready? us again. All right, we go again. One, two, three, three times. Whoa, where the soccer is. Well, you want to welcome to Moscow Moment. I'm in the traffic on the way back to the Green and Gold Army headquarters, and alongside me in an open-top car in some sort of bizarre promotion is a real-life fucking bear. Am I making this up? No! Is there a real bear in a car? Yes! Are we in Russia? Yes! Okay, I'm not dreaming. It's so strange. It's so true. It's a real bear! People are getting out of their cars to take photos of Russia's national animal. He's playing the trumpet. No, he's not a real bear. He's playing the trumpet. No, he's got a... No, he's, no, he's got... He's a real bear. It's got a muzzle on its face. World Cup Road Trip is supported by supersimplecards.com. Uh, get a 6, 10 or 12 pack of greeting cards you know that panicky moment when you've got the present and you don't want to spend 11 bucks on some high-concept card? Well, this is the answer for you. Um, use the offer code WORLDCUP and get super simple cards. This is Acast Recommends. Every week we pick one of our favorite shows and this is one we think you're going to love. I'm Molly Hockey. I'm an actor, writer, comedian. I'm 40, I'm single, and I'm trying to get pregnant, so I started SpermCast. I interviewed potential sperm donors, doctors, witches, scientists, surrogates. I did hilariously awkward home inseminations. I got pregnant. I had a miscarriage. I laughed. I cried. A lot. I got sperm from a sperm bank and started fertility treatments. Now here I am in season three. If you're pondering motherhood or in the thick of trying to get there, or if you just like comedy and watching a woman lose her ever-loving mind in real time, subscribe now to SpermCast. ACAST is home to the biggest podcast from the U.S. and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via ACAST or wherever you get your podcasts.